0: Hi, everyone. If I could just say a few words, I'd be a better public speaker. (laughs) Hey, podcast listener. Even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. All right, welcome back to the pod. I got to say, I'm a little bit exhausted. This week is the afterglow for me. Last week, as many of you know, was our annual event, DCBKK, over 300 Entrepreneurs joined us in Bangkok and it was full on for a full week. Bossman's on an airplane right now, heading back to the States. And so I thought I'd fire up the mic and talk about something we haven't shared on the show in some time, which is how to give an effective presentation. I think this is a really important skill set for entrepreneurs. And even if you're not going to give a presentation this year, learning about some of these principles can help you become a better communicator in your business. Part of the reason I was inspired to do this is we have listened to hundreds of presentations leading up to these events. Like DCBKK, we sit down with each and every speaker, each and every slide, each and every idea, and help them to hone their message for the audience. And we see patterns of things that work and things that don't work. And importantly, I think entrepreneurs are under a lot of misconceptions about what works in front of audiences. So in the interest of sucking less, which I'll be the first to admit, I have definitely bombed on stage in front of people, and it's not pretty. It's not where you want to be. So in the interest of not bombing or sucking a little bit less, I thought today I'd share with you my thoughts on what works and what doesn't in presentations. All right. So without further ado, This week's show is titled, Five Reasons Your Presentation Might Suck. (laughs) All right, number one, you're talking down to your audience. Even if you don't realize you're doing it, this is actually a common thing. A good heuristic or rule of thumb is to think of the people in the audience as peers. And talks go better when presenters simply share their experiences, whether that's good or bad, with clarity. There's no need to put on a front, you know, and sort of falsely elevate yourself to win authority from the audience. That actually is just going to inspire your audience to question your ideas more. And you don't need more pressure than you've already got. You're public speaking, you're being brave, trying to master a really difficult skill set. So make it easier on yourself and treat your audience as your peers. So this is one of the things we encourage our speakers to do at DCBK and DC Austin is we're not bringing you up here because you're an expert. We're bringing you up to the stage because your experiences are valuable. And let's take this one step further and give yourself an intellectual insurance policy. Just don't presume that you're the smartest person in the room. You know, assume that somebody out there knows more about what you're talking about and that's going to be an insurance policy when you get to Q and A and you're not, you know, having some awkward power struggle in the room about who's right or whatever, you're valuing your audience's ideas and adding them to yours and so everybody in the room ends up having a better experience and doesn't have to watch someone awkwardly hang on to some intellectual power that they didn't have in the first place. In other words, just make it easy on yourself, be sensible and approach speaking with honesty. I think for whatever reason it's been drilled into us that you got to go up there and establish your authority and be an expert. And it's just not true. Treat your audience as if they were your peers. Number two, you are using your presentation primarily as a way to pitch your business. It might not be a newsflash for you, but it is to a lot of speakers that sales pitches don't go over well. And that doesn't mean that speaking can't be super profitable. What I've found is that audiences respond to transparency and realness and not constructed pitches. But here's the problem those who want to speak in front of audiences put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. I realize it's a lot of effort. They can be thirsty, thirsty for the chance at profits, unwilling to let that chance in front of an audience go by without a hard, Pitch. And why doesn't this work? It's awkward to be pitched to. You know this, but I can understand maybe for speakers, it feels similarly awkward to sort of quote, let the opportunity go by. But here's what I've found if you use people's time and use their attention as a chance to manipulate them, they do not want to continue a conversation with you. Because here's the thing like the people in the audience, they probably don't need your product right now. But they're probably going to need it sometime in the next year or two or three. And so you want to get off on the right foot. That's by having an open, transparent approach. And so when they do think of your topic in the future, you might be one of the first people that they want to talk to about that because you've demonstrated that you have an integrity about the way you approach the issue. And your primary focus isn't manipulating people into buying behavior, but actually talking about the problems that exist in your space. I do have an example of how this worked at the most recent DCBKK. And it was really cool the way the guys at Revision Legal, who help internet businesses with contracts and trademark issues and stuff, you know, they were sponsored the event, but they weren't like, sign up for this consultation and then you'll do this and then you do this and you do this. They're like, hey, we're one of you. We realize legal stuff is tough. And if you want to talk about it, you're welcome to call our firm, like, no pressure. We'll just give you feedback on your issue. This is a really smart way to approach it because it's, Probably going to result in a lot of sales, right? But the idea is let's start with the problem set first. And then if it's a good fit, maybe we can do business together. So to sum up, I know it's tough to quote pass up on the opportunity, but if you really want an opportunity, drop the friggin' sales pitch. All right, the third reason your presentation might suck is that you're giving answers rather than posing questions. Now, we talked about earlier how giving yourself the role of being the end-all, be-all expert on your topic not only makes it this prospect of speaking and sharing your ideas more difficult, it actually makes it less effective and less persuasive. I'll give a quick example of a talk that I constructed last year at DCPKK, and the topic was about how I sold my business. Now, this is a little bit problematic for me because of course, I'm not the end-all, be-all expert on selling businesses. I've sold one business and two smaller websites. So my experience is pretty limited. And here's the reality. If you take our first principle, which is essentially to assume that there's smarter people in the audience than you, there's going to be people out there with more experience than me. But what's worse is that my advice and experience isn't going to be relevant to everyone in the audience. So if I go up there and say, the first thing that you need to do when you're selling your business is XYZ, there's going to be a lot of people in the audience that at that moment shut down because they're going to say, well, number one, you're wrong. Or number two, that's not relevant to me. So instead, what I decided to do is pose thought experiments, the questions that I could have asked or hoped that I would have asked of myself before making these difficult decisions. And if you pose them during a talk or a presentation, That allows the audience to meet you where they're at, right? They can find relevance in the question for them. I want to throw out like a theory. Something I've observed is that if your audience has less than 85 people, there tends to be a little bit more empathy in the room and you can sort of do more engaging Q&As and discussion and feedback. Whereas when there's over 85 people in the room, it tends to be more of a performance and a show. If you're going to be walking on stage in front of you know, 85 plus people, spend a little bit more time polishing your remarks. Because if it's a smaller room, you can actually ask questions directly of people in the audience. You can start a discussion. You can leverage their experience and ideas to make your talk better. And that comes back to this principle of your role up there is to pose questions that fascinate and engage your audience to get them thinking about how they can improve. So the number three reason why your presentation might suck is that you're focused on giving answers rather than inspiring questions. You've heard Growth Ninja advertise their performance-based Facebook ad service before on this pod. But did you know that they have a generous referral program, and it's serious, that pays out 20% of their lifetime earnings? They have referrers making thousands every month from this program, and some of them have been getting those payments for years. Think about it, just how big these payments can actually get. Let's do the math. So the biggest invoice Growth Ninja has ever sent out to an individual client was $56,000 in a single month. So if you were the referrer of that client, they'd send you a whopping $11,000 just for that month. And that's just one referral. So let your friends know about Growth Ninja. It pays. And of course, every month after that that the client works with Growth Ninja, you get paid as well. So if you know anyone already running profitable Facebook ads campaigns and they're ready for some serious scale with a trusted agency that has profitably spent upwards of $65,000, for a single client in a single Sunday. This is serious stuff. Check out their referral checklist at growthninja.com/referral. And a big thanks to Growth Ninja for sponsoring the pod. So to recap, the five reasons your presentation might suck. Number 1, you're talking down to the audience. Number 2, you are using your presentation as a way to pitch your business. Don't do that. Number 3, You're giving answers rather than posing questions. We got two more to go. Hang with me here. So number four, you're doing more telling than showing. Another way to describe telling is like theorizing or you're telling us what you think you did rather than what you did. Again, part of the aim that we have as speaker coaches and facilitators is to make it easy for non-professional speakers to communicate their ideas effectively. And what I've found, people that don't have a lot of experience sharing their ideas, they make it harder on themselves. And I got to just say an aside here, I feel generally speaking, people really undervalue their experiences. They often feel they need to do something amazing in order to provide value to others. That simply is not true. If you've gotten a business off the ground, if you've converted a key client, or even if you've made a crippling mistake in your business that you'll avoid forevermore, those experiences are valuable. But what often happens is speakers try to put a layer of theory over top of it, try to turn it into a principle or something. It's just not as fascinating as hearing directly what happened. So you often see this with consultants or you know, theorists, they go up there and they have some grand vision for how businesses need to be run. This happens in sort of the financial world a lot. You'll see a speaker go up there and they'll say, 30% of your portfolio should do this, and then the stock market's going to do this, and then you need to do that. And it's like you know, all these principles and stuff. And it's like, wait a second, what's in your portfolio? How would you just put it up on the screen? Nobody cares about your theory. You know, It's a hard thing to pull off, in other words. And it's easy, and it's relatable, it's transparent, and it's valuable just to show us what you're doing. So for example, this would be a typical way this happens in a talk. Someone wants to talk about how to manage staff. Say they got you know five people or 10 or 15. They've got a lot of experience about that. But instead, they read a few books about managing, and they want to share those theories instead. So they come in with a slide with bullet points outlining the management theory. Okay, that's a snooze fest. We can all agree. But sometimes people are ambitious and they come in with a diagram of the theory. That's marginally more interesting. But a screenshot of your organizational tree, even if it's a little bit weird looking, which most of them are, or one of your clients or somebody that you know, perhaps in comparison to that theory, now all of a sudden you're becoming fascinating. It's just a simple way to approach your talks Show us what you've done in detail, and don't task yourself with the task of creating a theory or telling us what you think you've done. I sort of understand where this problem has its origin, but generally speaking, speakers lean on text way too much when an image would be much better. So I'll always share with speakers, the more screenshots that are in your presentation, The better it's going to be. Now, why is that? Because if you're going to talk about an internet business, I don't want to see a management theory chart. I don't want to see a bullet point outline list. I want to see the business. I want to see actually what it is that you're talking about. It often comes down to preparation. Speakers come in with a lot of words on the slides because they feel that it's going to help them to remember what they have to say. The longer we work with a talk, the words start to melt and the images start to come to the fore. So my advice, the more imagery you can present on the screen, the better your talk's going to be. All right, number five reason your presentation might suck is that you're unwilling to open your kimono. Most people are worried about sharing their mistakes. Most people are worried about being vulnerable, going up there and saying, hey, I know I'm supposed to... I'm up here because I'm ostensibly smart and all, but I suck at some of this stuff too. That is relatable. We all suck at this stuff. We wouldn't be coming to a conference trying to learn new things if we thought we had it all figured out. We don't have it figured out. And we don't expect you to either. And it's honestly pretty unrelatable when people go up there and there's this sheen and polish to everything and everything's that we're crushing it and it's profit and this. And it's like, I'm suspicious of that. I really am. The sorts of things that we're doing are hard. And by being open about your mistakes, you're doing a great value to your audience because maybe they'll be able to avoid them. I guarantee you there are people that are more effed up in your audience than you are. It's an easy way to connect with people. Just put your numbers up there. Put your mistakes up there. Nobody wants somebody on stage that's trying to impress everybody. That's just not why people come to conferences. They come to solve problems. So if you've got problems, be open and transparent about them. I've found that audiences really respond to that well. I hope when you take a look at these five ideas, let me list them off real quick for you, just so we're all on the same page here. So The five reasons your presentation might suck. Number one, you're talking down to your audience. Number two, don't do a sales pitch. Just don't do it. You are trying to pitch your audience during your speech. Number three, you're giving answers rather than posing questions. Number four, you're telling rather than showing what you've done. And number five, you are unwilling to open your kimono. You know, even as I'm reading these off, they sound simple and they sound intuitive. And the reality is, I think a lot of people nod their heads and say, yeah, it's uh, basically being a good dinner guest, right? Or being yourself. These are obvious things, right? Well, somehow they become completely foreign when speakers get on stage. It just flies out the window. They might even understand it during the coaching session. And then something about that pressure can make it really difficult to stick to what I see as really fundamental, important approaches to being compelling. And look, I'm not the end-all be-all authority on this stuff, but I have seen it's hundreds at this point. And I'll just bring you into my world a little bit. Standing at the back of a room with hundreds of people in it, watching one person up on stage that you've prepared that you've sent up there to share something important to the room is simply one of the most terrifying experiences in the world. (laughs) I mean, I lose sleep over it. And that's why myself and the team spend time with these speakers months and weeks in advance, workshopping again and again, the messaging or the approach that they're going to use on that stage. So that The 300 people, the 400 people, the people who flew all around the world that are there to hear something that can compel them, something that can address their problems, something that can inspire them to do better, aren't disappointed. It's tough for me. It's way tougher for the speakers, right? And they're the ones on stage. I'm just the one standing at the back of the room, (laughs) bringing these tips back to you. So they might sound simple, but hopefully they make it a little bit easier for you to express. Your ideas to people. There's one other thing I wanted to mention. Like, I've looked at hundreds of these in real time from the slide deck to on stage, and I've felt the room and I've seen the feedback. And the reason I'm mentioning this is if you don't have a ton of experience with this, it's easy to step into this like presenter mode or presenter persona that maybe exists in the cultural ether or whatever. I don't know where this idea comes that the moment you step on stage all of a sudden you turn into this non-human authority and entity or whatever i don't know where that character came from but i'm telling you that that character doesn't work and if you follow these simple five principles you're going to have a lot more fun with it it's going to be a little bit less stressful and you're going to be able to construct your ideas faster that's the final point i'll leave you with is structuring your ideas can sometimes be a challenge when i first started speaking at conferences, I would go to Google and be like, how do you speak good at a conference? And most of the things had to do with, you know, your slides should look this way and you should really have confidence in your body posture and you shouldn't speak too fast. Well, I always thought, well, that's not really the hard part. To me, like stage presence is not what talks are about, particularly at business conferences where what you're talking about Matters a whole lot more. Because look, this information is important. It's not some rah rah, like let's all feel good fest. I mean, it's like, how are we actually going to solve these important problems? So, in other words, that message itself is important. And many years ago, I created a post called How to Create a Conference Presentation, which is a, I think it's like a 15 or 20 minute video that's been. The last time I looked at it, I logged onto the account and I was shocked. I was shocked at the number of people that have watched this video. And underneath the video, I put a bunch of slide decks and I say, look, if you want to express your ideas, you just need a clear structure. And so I had a 16 slide structure and it like started with, you know, why am I here? Why should you listen to me? And by the way, keep your bio quick. Number one mistake speakers make, no one's here for your life story. If your bio is that interesting, people can look you up on Wikipedia. But the idea is simple is pick a structure and just drop your ideas into it. If you notice with this episode, it's simply, hey, I'm Dan, here's where my experience and these ideas are coming from. Here's what you, the outcome you want, which is you want to have a good presentation. So here are five things to avoid if you want to have a good presentation. It's just that simple. You just hang your hat on this five point structure. If you want to have a more complex talk, you can take a look at how to have a conference presentation where there's a before and there's an after structure. But I would recommend determining your structure before you start telling your story or pulling your screenshots down. Because even if your structure changes, I find that it's a lot easier and faster to generate a talk by starting with a structure, even if it's arbitrary, and then plugging the ideas into it. So I hope that helps. Let us know what you do to be an effective speaker at conferences, it can be scary when you get that call. I remember the first time I was ever asked to speak at a conference, it was Rob Walling asked me to come to MicroConf. And I thought, number one, this is amazing. It feels great to be recognized in that way. But then my second thought was, I am going to bomb and I don't know what to say And it's going to take me a long time to do said bombing because I'm at square zero. My encouragement to you is you should go do that talk. And hopefully this episode can make it a little bit easier for you to pick a clean, simple structure, drop your ideas into it, and follow these five principles. I'll just say this. Being a speaker at a conference is an incredibly rewarding experience. It has been for me, and I see it and the speakers that come to our conferences they get a lot out of it particularly when they're willing to accept feedback to those ideas and the result of that is that they improve that's the path to getting results and also of course just to getting recognition people are going to recognize you at that conference they're going to come up they're going to shake your hand they're going to know your name and they're going to they're going to say thanks thanks for getting up there and not being a total pain in the butt but going out of your way to share your experience with me All right, everybody. I hope you got a little something out of this pod. We'll be back next week, hopefully with the boss man. That'll be next Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.